You're listening to Clock Radio Speakers with Armand and Doc. This week's episode is split into two sides. This is Side A. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. I'm your co-host, Armand Wake Up. You can follow me on Twitter at Armand Wake Up, A-R-M-O-N-D, Wake Up, all one word. More important than that, please follow the official Clock Radio Speakers Twitter handle, which is at CRS Podcast. You can get all previous Clock Radio Speakers episodes at clockradiospeakers.com. We are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We are everywhere you get podcasts except for SoundCloud because they are trash. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. And we in the streets. We're out here. We out here. No, cheer. We out cheer. It's going to be a hot summer. Hot, it, it's definitely a hot summer. Summer came like it all of a sudden just showed up. It's like, oh, okay, I'm going to be 80s and 90s here on out. No more of those occasional days in the 70s. Those are gone. It was like a Busta Rhymes remix verse in like 1997, 98. Like it just came out of nowhere with a roar and a lot of ad-libs. I'm now picturing Busta Rhymes as like a weatherman. Now you know that was a Busta Rhymes treatment. You know it was. <laughs> you know it was. He it, they had the hype had the fisheye lens. Yeah. <laughs> and like the background was yellow. They had some like scantily clad model, um, and and Buster Rhymes was pointing at stuff. No, Spliff was pointing at this stuff. This basically feels like the it. "Give Me Some More" video. Just gonna because that's, that's that's every Buster Rhymes video, right? From 1998 to now. So so what's up, man? We we've been off for a week. What's going on? What's good? We took a week off. What's going on, everybody? You can follow me on Twitter if you want at Doc underscore Beats. That's not a Z, but like Armand said, just follow the show. Um, things are good. We um we decided to take last week off. Because we didn't feel like we had enough to talk about, <laughs> which was a terrible idea. Because, it was a great idea. Because this week, we have way too much to talk about. Because hip-hop, uh, hip-hop, you don't stop. Hip-hop, um, hip-hop in the culture, man, um, just when you think you've got like this timeline of like, oh, it's going to be a busy summer and we're going to record shows, it's like, nah, life happens. Life happens. Yeah, yeah. And here we are. And so here we we're, are. We're- we're going to have that conversation, but I think we need to talk about a few other things first. Yeah. And then we'll have that conversation. And then there's a lot of music to talk about. Absolutely. And we can't even so, get to like, I'm just glad NBA draft isn't until Thursday. I'm going to enjoy that. I love the NBA draft every year. Yeah. I can't even sure. sit here. We can't, we don't even have time to like riff and like, no, nah, we don't have time for that. Nope. We really don't. So let's, let's discuss, let's start. Um. So last week you went to the TD concert. It was, it was a week and a half ago now. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, a week and a half ago, TDE Championship Tour came to Hartford. Um, so SZA, who I just saw the social media stuff today, apparently her voice is starting to get better, so good for her. Um, but she's she's been off the tour because she like screwed up her voice. Um, so as a result of that, they definitely like lengthened some people's sets. But they even did weird stuff like Lance Skiwalker... Skywalk, Lance, sorry, Lance Skywalk. Skywalk. I always, Skywalker. I always want to say ski. Lance Skywalker comes out. He did one song. I have never in my life been seeing an opening act come out and do one song. <laughs> it's lit. So it was literally the Grandpa Simpson uh, uh, gif where he walks into the the burlesque house, takes his hat off, and then spins right back around and leaves. This is exactly what it was. And and like we, because we timed it so you know we got there because it's uh it's one of those like open air amphitheaters where like. The f- like all the seated areas are covered, but then there's a huge lawn behind. That's all general admission. And so we get there, sort of time it. So we're 
you know, walking in basically right as like the, you know, the first act's going on. And TDE had posted like before the tour started, they basically said, here's the set list and here's who's doing what. And of course, they switch up a little bit every city just to keep it interesting. But so I kind of had an idea like, okay, we're going to get like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. So it was interesting to see the changes, right? Um, I was really impressed with Sir. Okay. Like that guy can actually sing. Okay. And he had good energy and good stage presence. And everybody was kind of like, Oh, because, you know, when you're out, because, you know, basically Lance Skywalker comes out, does one song and then hands it off to Sir, who does like, I don't know, four songs or whatever. And it's all this like really quick back and forth, like people just coming in and out and in and out, um, like in between sets. So it wasn't a long wait, which is nice. Um, and so it's hard to to sing, you know, when you because like, look, nobody bought the I shouldn't say anybody, almost nobody bought those tickets for Sir. Right. They wanted to see Kendrick. Maybe they right. wanted to see SZA when they thought she was going to be on a tour or maybe even Schoolboy. But, like, they weren't there for him. So, like... Definitely no maybes for SZA. <laughs> She's clearly the number two of TDE. Right, right, right. So... It's not close. So, you know, it's got to be hard to, like, get out there when you're singing to a mostly empty crowd. Yeah. But he was really good. Um, his voice carries over live. Nice stage presence. I was... We were... Both Merce and I were really impressed with Sir. Um, they had this whole theme because it's, like, the championship tour is what they call it, where, like, each performer came out and had like a different like sports theme okay, okay. absol came out with a bow and arrow <laughs> i'm talking like a sling of arrows on his back like he's robin hood that's funny <laughs> oh um, boy how many songs did did, did soul do soul did like four or something song you know so they 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 definitely increased his set because of scissors absence i didn't really oh. need a long absol set Oh, so you went when she was out getting her voice worked on. Uh-huh. Oh, shoot. Okay, got you. So he just came out and, I mean, he doesn't really have a lot of records that are going to like ring off live. So he just yeah, did a yeah, bunch yeah. of like grimy records. And okay. I, I was like, okay, but like, no, I'm good. I mean, the one thing I could definitely tell is as soon as Absol came out, the weed smell just notably increased immediately. <laughs> Okay. For both Ab and Schoolboy, no surprise. Right. The J Rock comes out. J Rock also a really good stage presence. He had a pretty good set. Wind sounds fantastic live. Okay. Um, that's what he's. That's what he closed his little mini set with. And then the last yeah. two performers. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, yeah. How many? So, um, not Schoolboy. Yeah. How many records did Schoolboy do, and how many records did J Rock do? J Rock did like four or five. Really? Schoolboy okay. did like an, like forty five minutes to an hour. Okay. Kendrick did an hour plus. Okay. So you basically, right. So, I mean, and honestly, like our tickets, we were center, we were like center, like two thirds of the way back, but like, just at like, we were at the beginning of like a new, slightly higher level and there was nobody in front of us, like great seats. Okay. And we paid 50 bucks a ticket. Okay. So to see more than an hour Kendrick, that much of school, but like, I I felt like they definitely like packed it in. Right. Um, The problem is, is like after J-Rock, that's when for Schoolboy and Kendrick, they had live instrumentation as well. So it was like a difference. Not even not even just a difference. So like some songs. So the, it was interesting what they did, like from a technical point of view, I was actually super interested. It was very clear that like for the for most of the songs, for all of Kendrick's and most of Schoolboys, not all of Schoolboys, but most of Schoolboys, they clearly went back to the original like master and like went back to the stems, right? The different like parts of the of the beat and like stripped out the drums and other stuff and then played that live. So that so way they you can have it. like the sample alongside everything else. So, so that they way docked it. So they what? They docked it. 
Sort of. And I was like, oh, that's super interesting, right? What a great yeah. idea. Two problems. Number one, they have a electric they have a guitarist who is like really like trying to play electric guitar heavy on lots of stuff. Like I didn't need an electric guitar during collard greens. Doesn't yeah. that doesn't fit at all. He was having a little too much fun. The other problem is that 808s are so prevalent in modern hip hop and just in hip hop in general. Like when you're trying to play trap beats without trap drums, the snares come across you you can make that work. But all of a sudden there's all these songs where there's just no there's no 808 low end coming through. And so you've got a guy on bass guitar who's trying to do something, but it's not the same sound at all. So like these trap records performed live just did not sound like the sound. I was just like, this doesn't sound good at all. Yeah. And the person who really struggled with that was Kendrick because hmm. all his, a lot of his stuff, like all, like uh, all the stuff off damn, right. Um, uh, Humble DNA. When you take out the 808 kick drum out of that, what, what is left? Right. Yeah. I mean, just, the, it's just the P it's the piano, the melody, right? Right, right, right. But then there's, but then there were, it was, they also did the thing where like, they like add a whole bunch of stuff on top and like all of a sudden you can barely hear what's going on. I don't know. I, I wasn't really like, it's an interesting approach to try to like add like live instrumentation or whatever, but I don't know. It didn't like, didn't sound good. Like the way I wanted it to Kendrick. So this is my second time seeing Kendrick. Now he has like almost no stage presence at all. Really? What? He just kind of stands there for the most part. So he kind of jays it. Yeah. Um, and they try to do some stuff like for this tour, he starts off like on top of this big screen that has like these visuals and they try to do that and they bring him down. He does really well when there's somebody else on stage to like to to vibe off of. Like he brought J-Rock out to do um, the record off uh, Black Panther with Future. Uh, was it King's Dead? King's Dead. Um, yeah. You know, he brought out uh, Schoolboy to do. I can't even remember what they what he did with Schoolboy. Um, Collie Greens? No. That was the other frustrating part. Basically, so J-Rock and Schoolboy both came out for their respect for one song, one or two songs each for Kendrick's set. But for the, the earlier sets, Kendrick never comes out for anybody else. And he shouldn't. Well. He shouldn't. They should just have their songs during Kendrick's set. No, but they, yeah. You want, the, you, want, you want to build up to the reveal. If the reveal is Kendrick, then you do collard greens, you do money trees. That um, yeah, J Rock came out for Money Trees again, but like, but they they did King, it was weird. They did King's Dead twice, once huh. once during J Rock set, just J Rock, and then they came out and did it again. And I was like, I know people like the Black Panther soundtrack, but like, people like that song, but I know do they want not twice though? That's what I said. This uh, isn't again. Dun, 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 dun. This isn't like let's do niggas in Paris like twelve times. Right. He does hum right. He did humble twice. Um oh, okay, glad I didn't go. Well, the first time he does it and basically he just has the crowd rap along. The crowd so does that's everything. The, and then So that's the new back So that's the new back uh backseat freestyle. Yeah. And like okay. the other thing was just really obvious and this is a hard thing for an artist and I'm sure that you have dealt with this is that like think of how intricately Kendrick raps on some of his songs. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's a struggle for him live. Yeah, so one of one of my one of my tips for myself when I write is to write like I'm going to perform it. Uh-huh. Because I I did deal with that is I would write so intricately and so bars 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 bars. I'd perform it live and <gasps> I'd be sucking wind. So Right. You know. And like, yeah, and it's yeah, it just and there were there were points where he was clearly like omitting words to like catch his breath. And like, I get it. It's like super. Con it's not. And that's fine. It's totally fine. But yeah. I just that's not my second. So the first time I saw Kendrick was opening for um for uh, Kanye. Kanye Yeezus. 
Yeah. And there, I thought Which, they did. They kind of did the same thing with instrumentation. They were like, "I know what we can do. Let's let's play electric guitar over Mad City." And it's like, mm, but okay. but in 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 Kendrick's defense, I remember the review of that tour, your review, and they were trying to figure out the live instrumentation. They were, and and they've they've come to this new place, and like I I have to imagine he didn't do a ton of stuff off to Pimp a Butterfly, but King Kunta sounded Ooh. great. Yes, it does. Sounds great live. Right. Yep. Especially with the band. Like that makes sense. And I have to imagine if you saw him when he was torn for Pimple Butterfly. Yep. Then the that whole setup probably worked gloriously. Yep. But, you know, he plays uh Levitate off entitled on Mastered. When you take the the eight oh eight out of that, it's just like, okay, cool. Um, and the Mike Will records off of damn just nope. You know. So all of a sudden it's not quite what you want. So I don't know. Um, we walked out, you know, we, once we realized, oh, we're going to hear, we realized, oh, we're going to hear um, Humble again. And we sort of, once we realized what was happening and we knew that that was the last song on the set, we're like, okay. And we just sort of like left, like with like a quarter of like Humble left to be done just so we could beat the crowds. Um, and we, we walked out and we were like, I mean, I think for now, unless I hear differently, I'm kind of cool with seeing Kendrick live. Yeah, I, I think I think that when you get those, I mean, you've seen them how many times? Twice, just twice, just twice. Yeah, for me, like I'm good. I don't I don't need to see Kendrick again unless his next album is phenomenal. Yeah, but I'm I'm cool. But I mean that like in a good way. Like I know what I'm getting, so I'm straight. It I guess is Kendrick approaching. I don't want to say that Macklemore crossroad because we did talk about that a few years ago, but. Is Kendrick reaching that point where he's just, he's at such an echelon, like, what does he do now? We said this before Damn, and we were like, and I think we said this, like, he's going to do a very simple, stripped down commercial album. He did that. So, like, where do you go from here? I look at what he did. I look at what they did for Black Panther. I look at his guest appearances. I think he likes doing the trap records. Somebody else we're going to talk about today clearly loves doing trap records. (laughs) We'll get there. Yeah. And like, I think he likes doing them and having, I, I, I try to see a lot, you know, we talk about on the show, like I, I see a decent amount of live shows and there is a whole, like the, the modern, like sort of version of trap records, the way that they sound really, I'd say the past like four to five years have completely transformed the hip hop concert experience because now everybody, like everybody just sort of wants to jump up and down at that. 60 bpm tempo right like that's just how it works and for like these festival sets that the, that rappers do now it's just almost resembling like a giant mosh pit right mm-hmm. and that is a completely different kind of vibe than the kind of hip-hop concert you would have seen 10 years ago right it's just yeah. a, it you know tempos really matter right i mean it's it's no different than like saying that going to like a punk rock show in the 70s would have been different than going to like a Rolling Stones show in the early 70s. Different tempos, different crowds. But like because we all put it on, under this thing called hip hop and because hip hop artists have clearly borrowed from different things or whatever, it's really just interesting, right? Artists, yeah. they really like doing trap records live, right? Especially if it means that your flow is a little slower. Yeah. Your flow is slower. You can experiment with melody and the crowd is more live. Like, it works. It, that stuff just works. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Okay. I hear you. So saw saw Kendrick and TDE on Thursday night up here in Hartford. And then Friday night, drove down, uh, took the train into New York, saw Francis and the Lights at the Apollo. Uh, Apollo Theater is a great, I mean, obviously, legendary venue. Um, 
it's uh it's not exactly laid out how I thought. It's uh pretty it's not nearly as deep and big as I sort of thought, but it is it's pretty sort of like tall, so it goes up a little higher than I thought. Um but Francis the show was great, um fantastic set. Uh he you know did like most of the stuff off the new album. Then he like basically, you know, he had like an electric piano off on the side, pulls that off, like dims the lights and then does like a five or six like like song, like sort of just him on the piano set. And then he like ramped it back up at the end, which I thought was like really good pacing, but it was a great set list. The thing I thought was interesting for him is uh, and he's talked about this on Twitter, so I can actually talk about it where um, he finally had merch, which when I've talked to him, I've, always, I've continued to tell him like, hey, you should like sell merch like people would buy that stuff. But because of his like we'll just call it like relationship, whatever you want to call it with Kanye. Um, It's not just that he has like Kanye ish merch. It's like he has like Yeezy designed and produced merch that he's selling now. And predictably the hype beasts were all over that, but it was just, it was was such an incredible thing to see him like at this, like even like newer, higher level of fame where like afterwards he told the, like at the end of his set, he told the crowd, you know, meet me out front in a little bit because people wanted to like see him and talk to him. And so like, he goes out just in front of the Apollo and he just gets swallowed up under the marquee by like this whole huge crowd of stuff. And I'm just sitting there and I was like, this is crazy. Cause like Marissa and I would go to shows like, you know, even two or three years ago, he wasn't getting swallowed up by fans, you know, out in front of the Apollo at that stage. Right. So I just thought it was really cool to see like an artist who has continued to stay at it and who is like, continues to like get more and more famous. It's kind of cool. Okay. So that's all I got. That's, that's my, that's my content report. Say, cause that's your, cause we just talked about seeing Kendrick, uh twice but you've seen francis what eight nine oh, wait 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 more we're we're f- so far into double digits it's time yeah it's fine we're <laughs> we've seen him a lot of times that works okay so what else oh god there's so, so much work so uh let's uh switch gears a little bit um we're not gonna say much about summer jam because there's too much else to talk about but a person who appeared at summer jam your man Who's- little wayne yes is free <laughs> it's free <laughs> yes he is officially out of his uh cash money records contract so he got a nice he's gonna get a nice big payday mm-hmm. and apparently the carter five is gonna come out yep are we really yeah. all waiting on the carter five <laughs> i think i think you know i think when you're like sitting on a lot of music and you you haven't been able to put it out for so long it's almost like for lack of a better term it's like like a juice fast where you're just like, you got to get everything out of your body so you can. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like whatever he was sitting on, because do you remember that double disc track list that, that he leaked a long time ago? I don't, but that sounds. It had like Justin Bieber on record. Like it looked like a lot. Um, actually, no, let's pull it up. So that's interesting. So in this era of not everybody, clearly, because we're going to talk about some Kanye produced records that are very short, obviously. But in this era of culture two being like 30 tracks or you know 24 tracks, however many tracks it was or chris brown with the 40 track monstrosity like you know do they sort of wait for what appears to be a slow time of year get a little buzz going and then drop a monstrosity and try to get those streaming numbers up it's a good question i don't know because if i were him okay. I, I, w- I would i mean he should just stay away from everything right now absolutely <laughs> everybody should just clear out <laughs> i mean i think yeah I th- honestly the way where he's going what what all we've got just in June alone, yeah. like he might be all right. Yeah, just wait, like, cause well, we'll talk about Nikki in a second. But he's on, uh, he's on one of Nikki's new singles, and then um, who knows, right? I mean, maybe he'll pop up on uh, on Drake's album. That would sort of make sense from a like yeah. r- promotional standpoint, but that's never 
That's never been a reliable oh, indicator. Oh, this this track list is really old. Believe me, is on here. Oh wow. There's a Lox record. There's a Bieber record. And see, the, like the sound has changed a little bit since then. Absolutely, it's a Bob record. Yeah, this is 2000 and sounds like 14. If Believe yeah. Me is on there. Yeah, yeah, this is 14. So a lot has changed yeah, that musically. That 20, those 2014 beats are not going to sound the same. Not at all. Mm, that's tough. Especially the 2014 beats that Wayne was getting on. <laughs> like, and I mean, that's not a diss. Like, he was just getting on a certain type of record. Right. Um, that lots of horns and like they don't really do that anymore. I mean, you know, you'd think Drake can just, you know, give him the OVO hit factory and be like, here you go. <sighs> it's like, but who do you want to hear Wayne with in 2018? Do you want to hear him like with Street Runner? Do you want no, to hear him I with? I, you know, I don't want Street Runner. Oh, man. You know we're getting a Street Runner beat on this. Of course. You know, we're going to hear like some heat makers. Are we going to hear, you know, is he going to pull a Nikki and just like hire somebody internally to work for him? Is he sitting on some detail stuff? Like, how's that going to work? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Hmm. But he, regardless, he should he should clear out until, well, because if you think about it from even a like a sort of young money perspective, right? Drake is June, Nikki's August. He should just clear out. Give it he should time. put out he should put out something in July, just as like a, a heat check, yeah. just like a hey, I can do this, and then come out and come out in September, come out in the fall. There you go. Oh, come out in the fall. Speaking of detail, yes, sir. Here's what was really interesting. So at Summer Jam. Uh, the Swiss Beats Timbaland beat battle happened, right? And so Swiss, like, I I don't know. It's like, I don't know why these producers who should clearly beat Swizz are not beating Swizz. I know why. Like, they're just picking the wrong record. But Tim played Drunk in Love. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I had to go look at the credits because I thought Detail did that record. And he- Tim, like... It was a it was a collection of people who did that record, including Detail and Timbo. This is the problem with doing beat battles in 2018. It's like, who, what part of that did you do? Exactly. We're gonna we're gonna talk about producing oh and credits goodness. and all that stuff. Mike, some of these credits for. I'm looking at my notes. I've got a retort for you. I'm just letting you spoil alert. Oh, I've good. got a small retort a retort for you, just to get the get the grinds or get the gears going. Okay. Okay. Um. But yeah, other than that, I, I sat down and watched the lion's share of Summer Jam. And my only question to myself is why. I could have I been reading some textbooks from these summer classes I'm taking. Like, there's a lot I could have did with my time. Not that it was whack. It was just unnecessary. I just, I didn't need, there was nothing. I, there was nothing. I, I completely watched that out of habit. Mm. So, whatever. What else? Speaking of, uh, speaking of little Wayne and Young Money. Yeah. We got some things going on with your girl, Nicki Minaj. Some things, yeah. Her and Future going on tour, which actually yep. that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, they're doing absolutely the two of them together means like with their sort of combined fan bases, they're moving up to like arena status. So like yeah. Madison Square Garden size places. Yeah, and Future kind of announced that he was gearing up to put out not only new music but a lot of new music <laughs> from what this from what this tweet was was saying. Sure. Why not? I mean, let's all put out music all the time, every every week. Let's do it. But Future, Future's been quiet for a while, other than King's Dead, and I mean the Superfly soundtrack. But that doesn't count. Did you listen to that? I, I listened to a couple songs, and I was really just like, hmm, this feels like a big old. I mean, I'm sure he got a nice check from that, but it feels like a just a big old swing and a miss. Nobody cares. There is a really dope Rick Ross and Smith and Wesson record produced by Knife Wonder on there. That's pretty good. I'm sorry, did you say Rick Ross and, and, and the Coco Brovas? Yep. 
Yep. I, that somehow slipped past my radar, so I will have to listen to that just out of sheer curiosity. You want me to play it on the show? Let's do it. Yeah, it's our show. It. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me pull it up. Like, it's not... People were losing their minds, like, oh, my God, this song is amazing. Like, it's not amazing, but it's dope. All right. Come on, guys. Oh, there it is. I think a I think a Ross in Ninth Project would be interesting. Interesting. I trust Ross's ear. I trust Ross's ear because I feel like what 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 Ninth does based off of his projects is he will quote unquote build beats for that he thinks that the artist would sound good on versus making dope beats. Right. And I think that was the problem with the Black Thought Project was that mm. I think he was like, "Yo, I want you." Like it was like he was appeasing like. The, the 12 year old knife wonder who was a big fan of Illidelph Half-Life or something versus here's a batch of beats. So let's get in the studio. Let's flip these records. Let's do this. It just like here are the five beats I'm giving you rap to these and make it work. But I think Ross would need a batch. He, Ross would need a couple of batches. Right. So, hmm. OK. Yeah. So anyway. Nikki's got some new singles. Nikki's got some new singles. I'm sorry. She's got uh, Rich Sex featuring Wayne. Uh-huh. Which is produced by uh, one of her new producers. And um, it's fine, I guess. It feels like a generic Nicki and Wayne song. I don't know. I'm really not impressed by it at all. I know you heard it briefly. What do you think? Uh, it, it didn't sound it didn't sound whack. It seemed like it was cool. Okay. It seemed like it was cool. Like anytime Nicki is not like reaching, mm. then I'm like, okay. And then like, uh, sometimes, she, she, sometimes she reaches because... It's it's the she comes from that Jay Z school of having to do different types of records for like different sects of her audience. <laughs> yes, with the the club record, the chick record, the street record. She she still has that mentality, but she exists in so many other spaces as opposed to just making music for like her fans. But I guess on the flip side of that, her fans like her for different reasons. So it's kind of hard to get a gauge for what exactly they want from her. Yeah, and then you, the other single is with Ariana Grande. It's called Bed. Yeah. And it's a totally different kind of song than, than Rich Sex, right? It is yep. what I would call a pretty well done hip-hop pop song, right? Like, the hook is about what you'd expect. Um, the, normally, the combined fan bases of those two, you'd think that this song could get a little, uh, get a little momentum. But there's just so much going on right now and so much noise out there. Um, they've been teasing the video on social media and it's like, you know what? Actually, you should just, you just wait. Why not? You just, maybe you should just hold off in that video till like, I don't know, July. Yeah. You should probably be 
quiet right now. Because an example of a song that has had a resurgence in the charts because the video came out is not to always draw the comparison, but Cardi B. Yeah, very true. That I like it video. All of a sudden, that song's back in the top ten, cruising towards the top five. And and Doc, they they did it well because I'm hearing um I'm hearing I like it, and I'm also hearing she bad on the radio too. So yeah. it's like okay, this is the crossover record, but here's the urban radio record too. So yeah. now she's just getting more plays, more spins, and it's working for her. Yeah, and so like when you have a record that you know that that Ariana Grande record sounds. Like a very expensive, like hip hop pop kind of song, as you called it before the show. It's it's a little Caribbean jams ish, and it's like you know what? Like you don't need to rush out. Like just just wait, just wait. Al- the album is is in August. If you're doing your job right, the single is peaking yeah. just before the album comes out. Like so, just yeah. you got and, time, and, right? And you know what's interesting is that, like for example, we're gonna talk about this Jay Z and Beyonce project. I haven't seen the video. <sighs> Like, I don't have time. Well, we'll it, but here's it. the point. Yeah. Here's the point. Like, I haven't seen the video, but I've stream- I've listened to the album quite a bit. Um, so it's not in a, like, you don't have to do the rollout where the song comes out with the video. You can let the song do what it does and get your streams up. And then soon as that starts to kind of, you know, calm right. down, then put the video out and give it a resurgence. Armand, you wouldn't know anything about having like a video that you could put out later, right? Absolutely. (laughs) Nothing, nothing of the sort. (laughs) You don't don't know anything about that. Nothing of the sort. That actually, um, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's moving. Movement is moving. The movement is moving. Okay. Yeah, it's moving. It's moving. But yeah, shout out to Nikki, I guess. August what? 15th? 10th? 15th? Something like that. Something like that. Okay, mid-August. Back to school time. So wrapping up the Young Money section of the show. You mean, oh, yeah. you mean Drake put out a video. He did. For I'm Upset. Yep. A song that I thought nobody would ever really care about. And they still don't. But they like the video. They like the video because they like Degrassi. Always pull on the, the nostalgia always works. Nostalgia is undefeated. And so the video might give that song a, a, a little bit more legs to carry him through until Scorpion. We now have a release date, uh, June 29th. Swish. <laughs> Swish. We, we may have predicted uh, that date, but that was a pretty obvious one. Yeah, it was pretty obvious. Um, and, and and it sets up perfect now because you're not really fighting anybody. All the heavyweights came out. Um, and right. I'm sure, oh, and I forgot to say this. Nikki was supposed to come out this past Friday. Right. She had to have known that yes, Beyonce and that Jay was were my dropping assumption. and she was like, as, nope. No joke. As soon as you texted me the link to the album, my first thought was, I literally thought it. And this, I'm always in clock video speakers mode. I was like, Nikki knew. <laughs> yep, she knew. She knew. So she pushed all the way back, which like, all right, get out the way. Like Nikki clearly wants her own space. Right. So whatever Drake is going to do, because I bet money Drake does something this week because he's his only competition this week is Tiana. Yeah, that's true. He'll, he'll do something probably, I think, is OVO on Saturday. I, th- I think it should I be. Think so, yeah. So we'll yeah. hear something. Yep. We'll hear something. Um, and that'll be that. Yeah. So we have a release date for Scorpion. And, uh, you know, he, he announced... Even more tour dates. He's doing, I got to say, they must be either really confident in how much people are going to want to see Drake or they're seeing, they must be seeing incredible sales numbers because I'm not even, they're doing three dates in Boston. I've never, I've never seen anybody do three dates in Boston. Like, it's just not that big of a metropolitan area to support. Like, you do three dates in like New York or Chicago or LA, right? But Boston? I don't know. He might, 
if if uh, if Scorpion is, I mean, I feel like Scor- I, me saying if Scorpion's a hit, I mean, I feel like if it's Drake, it's almost predestined to be at least somewhat of a success. But like, if Scorpion really has legs, I think next time around, Drake's out of these arenas and he's on stadiums. I think that's where we're headed. Yeah, because if he can do yeah. th- if he can do three nights in in the Boston Garden, he can, you know, him and the appropriate opener can can probably fill the Patriot Stadium, right? That's that's where they're headed now. Yeah, he still wants to go platinum in a week. Um, you you hear any you hear anything about that? The rumor of the the Pusha T diss is coming, but it is going to be severely watered down. We haven't even followed up on all of the Pusha T stuff. Not at all, and we're not going to because this episode is going to be so crazy. Um, yeah, I heard that. That feels like really classic expectation setting. Where like. Mm. It'll actually probably be a little spicier than now we're expecting because everyone's yeah. going to have just the lowest pot. They're going to be like, oh, he might say a bar or two. He'll say something. But I got to say, just the most fascinating, like, you know, uh, I'm, you know, we're in our 30s. We grew up in hip hop in the 90s. So we know yeah. the name J Prince. But like the past three weeks have truly taught me like the legend of J Prince. The fact that Pusha T is just all of a sudden willing to be like, I guess it's over. And I'm just like. I don't understand. Like, <laughs> it's it's almost baffling in a sense. But here we are. Yeah, yeah. And yet, you know, Drake has writing, you know, credits on on the on the Kanye album. Turns out, right? Of course. It's, I don't know. They've been they man those those credits keep getting added to and added to. You saw? Did you, yeah, see, I mean, my, but, did you see my tweet from today? Uh, about Bump J. Yes, I did, but I did not listen to the song. When you hear the song, so Bump J. Yeah, yes, that Bump J. Move around, Bump J. Um, Nobody knows what move around is. Now, some, of our, some of our listeners might know about Like five around. of our, like, no, 15 of our listeners, as soon as I said move around, they heard the beat in yep. their head. Because I definitely heard it. Yeah. Um, that was right in that era where he was giving out beat. Like, isn't that like Jin? Uh, I got a love. I got a love, yep. Ruben Stuttered. Uh, the, <laughs> he did a Ruben Stuttered <laughs> remix. <laughs> My man was sorry for the whole year. The whole year, ain't been sorry since. But for 2004, he's like, I'm just going to take has, all. Like, how, how has like John Oliver or one of these late night ho- hosts had him on to be sorry for 2018? Right. Yeah. So that's an easy one. Um. Anyway, um, yes, that. if you haven't heard Bump J move around, you should Google Bump J move around. So Bump J, Chicago rapper who, he went to prison for a long time, right? Yes, he did. He just so, got out maybe within a year. Right. And so there was sort of, I had heard like some whispers that he might be, you know, doing something with Kanye, but you never know because Kanye had all sorts of people out there in Wyoming who didn't end up on this album at all, right? Um, and uh, but if you look at the writing credits, um, he's credited on every single song. And okay. to me, the way I hear like the interesting thing about all these Kanye projects in a row is Kanye's rapping differently in all of them. Mm-hmm. His flow is not at all the same. And to me, the flow on his out al- like his I'm not a huge fan of a lot of the flows on his album. Just me personally. And I was, it was sort of curious to me. I was like, you know, maybe it's, I mean, frankly, that album was like done in like three days or whatever. So sure. Who knows? Right. But uh, when you listen to the Bump J song, if you listen to his flow, you're like, oh, that's the flow I'm, I'm, I'm remembering. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. take it for what you will. Um, all right. Is there any of this other random music stuff? We got three albums to talk about, but any of this other random music stuff before we talk about a really like sad and depressing topic? Let's do it. So we have definitely talked about, uh, I'm going to try to get his name right, XXX Tentacion, but his fans just call him X. 
Although when I yep. hear X, I think DMX. So, you know, because I'm old. Yep. Um, yep. We've talked about X on this show on, on a couple of occasions, right? We've reviewed some of his projects. Um, we are not yeah. his target audience, clearly. At all. Yeah. And my, and we've, uh, we've also talked about sort of the controversy and that's putting it, that's putting a very delicate word on the very serious accusations that have been made against him. Yeah. Um, we talked about Spotify cracking down and then sort of back, backpedaling. Right. That just happened. Right. Right. We've talked about that. And my recollection of our conversations about his music anyway, have all, have always been, well, there's some talent there, but he's not there yet. That was your recollection. I just I I refused to listen to him for the most part. Right. That was I, my I saw him as somebody who um both benefited from and was not served well by the sort of current state of how the music industry works. You know, he benefited from the fact that he could just put his stuff on SoundCloud and didn't have to go through gatekeepers. But he is somebody who I feel um, you know, could have you know, if he had somebody maybe not even a big name producer, but if he had people who were like, oh, take this and what if we did just like more ideas and people with experience like helping him like he could have done like some really interesting stuff because he was combining that sort of 90s alt rock sound in a sense maybe even a little bit of an like an emo rock sound with hip-hop in a way that didn't feel um uh that didn't feel contrived yeah that didn't feel like limp biscuit right or (laughs) (laughs) just one of those days (laughs) <laughs> right um so oh, man. so um so in light of all that um if you're listening to this you almost certainly have heard the news that on uh monday afternoon evening uh yeah he was he was shot and killed in uh just outside of miami yep and uh for the younger generation they're hit pretty hard by this one thousand percent and i know that you have been because you have some of the younger generation around you at this very moment Yep. You have been talking to them, but at some point, and we can, I want to hear from you, but at some point I want to come, I definitely want to hear from you. At some point I want to come back to the conversation about like how we judge musicians for their music yeah. versus their lives and how we yeah. think about them in death. Because I think there's a whole bunch of interesting stuff there, but I'm going to cede the floor to you because I, I want to hear what, what your experience has been like talking with your kids. Oh boy. Um. So... Um. I took my kids to see The Incredibles yesterday, which is actually a great movie. Incredibles 2 is great. Yep, really, really good. And um, I, we were, I was going to pick up my 14 year old nephew from work, and um, just heard on the radio like, "Hey guys, pray for X. He got shot, and um, they say he didn't have a pulse." And my daughter got really quiet. My daughter is 12; she'll be 13 uh, in a couple weeks. She got really quiet, and um, you know, when my nephew got in the car. I told him what happened. He said, I don't believe it. And then when we got home or when we dropped him off at his house, um, my older nephew, who's who'll be 17 soon, he pretty much just put his hands behind his head, put his head down. Well, he heard he had already heard and he had already saw the video uh-huh. um, that people took. And so um, it, it, the, it popped up on my phone that they confirmed that he had passed. And I told them, hey, he died. And they, so he put his he put his hands behind his head put his head down and just went upstairs. Wow. Um, and then he came back down maybe 20 minutes later after, you know, their mom came home and we were talking and, you know, it immediately reminded me of Tupac. And what I mean by that is when Pac got shot the second time, nobody batted an eye. 
And it was almost like from what I was seeing and from what I was hearing, you know, you know, immediately, like I said, my nephew, when he got in the car, he's like, oh, he's not dead. He's he's fine. There was conflicting reports. There was people there were people on Twitter saying that he hadn't even been shot, that he was like elsewhere. And so then when he passed, immediately the, the conspiracy theories came up. Yeah. You know, he's not dead. This is a publicity stunt. Um, I ended up coming across the video just on accident, being on Instagram, and I watched it. And you, I mean, you can't really see any blood. You don't see like a bullet hole anywhere. But his his face is lifeless. Um, it's really hard to watch. And what's harder to watch it are the people like videotaping it. But that's a, another conversation. Um, and so this is new for them. This reminds me again of the height of the East Coast West Coast war and what i mean by that is prior to Pac and big dying hip-hop was like the wild west at that time so people were saying and doing all types of reckless crazy things for that time and when Pac died and then when big died everybody chilled and people started squashing beefs there was that hip-hop summit that farrakhan threw together and oh yeah all those i forgot people, about that yeah all those people squashed all you know puff squashed with snoop uh, common squash with ice cube like all these people squashed all of their beef and everything was cool right and that's what this reminds me of because i mean we're looking at somebody like six nine we're looking at just the whole academics generation doc where you're really only getting coverage the number one journalist of this generation's hip-hop is mostly uh covering the tomfoolery mm. So peep, so a lot of these rappers feel like, okay, in order for me to get on academics or in order for me to get on, get this type of media coverage, because they not like they want to get on the XXL cover, but like nobody reads the XXL magazine. That's why like the list didn't even make a dent in the discussions like it has in years past. These kids aren't reading double XL. They're not even reading the website. Right. Um, but they want to get on academics. They want to get on all these other outlets that have basically taken academics formula and, um, you know, imitated or whatever. And the, the way to do that is to get into a fight or, you know, call somebody out or do something reckless or whatever, whatever, because this generation of teens, they're recording every, well, not even just of teens, but this generation, we're recording everything. And so I immediately saw people scale back and say, you know, this is terrible. This is heartbreaking. You know, people were apologizing. I saw 6ix9ine say he wasn't going to troll anymore. You've got academics who's like, like, bruh, you... I think people were saying, you know, he was saying that, like, X had his share of issues, and X was doing a lot of crazy stuff, and because ac academics was, like, kind of feeding into that fire... Benefiting were, from it? And benefiting from it, 10,000%. That not to say that Act was responsible for it, but him putting that out there kind of makes the wolves hungry. You talk about the uh, the dude, Rich the Kid, who got, you know, he his house got broken into. Him and his girl got pistol whipped. Some people were saying the girl set him up. What is the first picture that you see? Him laid up in a hospital on his Instagram. Yo, take this picture of me real quick on this gurney and post it to my account. That's the generation that we're living in right now. We got the girl who has the, her face is swollen. She's got a piece of her face ripped off, but she's got lip gloss on and she's giving a recount of what happened. Like, this is just the generation that we live in. Gotta do it for and the gram. Gotta do it for the gram. So 
X is completely out of my sphere, right? Like, but he's 100% all in the sphere of not only like the kids that I mentor, the kids that I'm around at church, like he's in the sphere of my house. Mm. He's affecting my daughter. He's affecting my nephews. I can't just dismiss that. I have to take that into accountability. And I've been wrestling with it and I've been watching other people wrestle with it. And I've been watching other people take both sides. I've, I've seen people online say that like he deserved to die, which is crazy to even fix your lips to say something like that. And I think a lot of people who were just dismissing this generation, who were just saying, okay, well, he worships the devil, or some people were saying he's reckless, or people were saying this, then he, he clear, because that article came out, what, two weeks ago, that detailed all of the things that he did to that young lady? I mean, there's been a lot of stuff out there, but yeah, there was another article. That article that came out a few weeks ago was super long, and it was super damning. It was like, I couldn't even finish reading it. It was so like unreal but you've got people who are like still saying through all of that this is a a human this is a kid who lost his life who got shot and got his louis vuitton bag stolen for what like were all the things that you didn't like about him were they were they worth you was was it worth his life you know what i'm saying like but we, it, it's it's too subtle of a conversation to have right now as fast as things move and as, as sort of bite-sized as social media conversations can be, right? The, yeah. the ability to say, I really, really don't want anybody to die. And I'm, you know, I, I, I feel for his family and his loved ones and those who cared about him. But saying that doesn't mean that you then have to like lionize him or immediately make your clickbait article about the five, you know, X songs that we're going to remember the most. Like, Oh, that's can- coming. You know that's coming. Oh, Hot, you know take, that's hot take season's such in full effect right now. But, but he's gonna he's gonna get vilified. Like he's going to be this it, larger than life character in death. I mean, his songs already like he's already jumped. Like he 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 he, he might be number one on the on Billboard on for the singles chart next week. He'll be close. Just do this the surge in people listening to his music after he died. He'll become more. Yeah. He, he's now more famous than he was. Yep. Which always happens when people die. Yep. But um but I it's really hard, right? Because actually really hard. This is this conversation that we keep having on the show and we don't have good answers, but I still think it's good to have the conversation about like what do you do when the art and the artist aren't both worth of being celebrating of, of being celebrated, right? What do you do then? Because I thought his art was interesting and I thought he had I thought that musically he had some ideas that I hadn't really heard done in that way before and I wanted to pay attention to that at the same time. I mean, the accusations against him are incredibly serious, and if we take it as and if we take them as seriously as we should, then you have a hard time being a fan of that person, right? Right. Doesn't, doesn't mean I want him to die. Exactly. But it's all or nothing, right? You either you, yeah. Not even this generation. All of us, right now. It, yeah, there's no yeah, middle. Well, there's I'm, no I'm middle. I'm sorry. This culture. Yes. There's I agree, no middle. I agree. Yes. 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 It's not even hip hop culture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm just. just the environment that we're in, it's yeah. not limited to hip hop. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Right. I mean, I need a whole other politics show to talk about all the stuff that's going on in the world. But like, I think it, right. you know, a really good example is like Trump at North Korea. And I promise this will make sense in a second. Right. The North Korea summit. <laughs> hey, because, Dan, we got to get another plea before. Because, <laughs> because of the environment that we're in, like it's either 
he's the greatest president of all time and you should give him a Nobel Peace Prize and nobody's ever done this kind of diplomacy or he's the worst president I've ever seen in my life, which he might be. And nothing he's ever done will ever be okay in any way, shape or form. And it's like, you know what? Like he might have stumbled into it because he's not the smartest guy and he doesn't show a lot of uh, discipline or foresight or preparation or anything else that you might want in a president. But, you know, he met with the leader of North Korea and missiles were not fired. So like it could have been worse, but there's no there's no nuance take anymore. There's none. Right. The nuance is gone. But we've been talking about that. And so for like X... Like, how do you talk about someone? How do you talk about their life in a 500 word? If you're lucky, you get 500 words for a blog that attempts to be that nuanced. Yeah. And when you have fans who all, it's not even just the media, because I don't think fans want nuance either. We have all become ride or die. Yeah. 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 It. Uh, I think that just to bring it back to hip hop, because I, I, I agree with you 100% that this is a bigger issue than just rap. Um. I think that the 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 other side of that generation, so whether it be elder statesmen, whether it just be people who are anti-trap, like if you are if you are hip hop or if you use hip hop as a medium, you have to take on both sides. What do you mean? You have to. And what I mean by that is if you want all the benefits that come with hip hop, you also have to take on the burden that comes with hip hop. So this generation, this academics generation, I'm just I'm not blaming him. Though I believe he has a hand in it, but I'm just using him. To, I'm just using his name to make a point. But just this look at me um, snapping everything, Instagramming everything, you know, like all the stuff that comes with it. All of the all the things that you see that people use the medium to promote. Like you got to take that burden on. You got to take if you don't like it, you got to take that burden on to like see some sort of to initiate some sort of change. Otherwise, you like at this point, you can't. His death says we can no longer turn a blind eye to this if we care about kids. I can't. I can't just dismiss it and say, oh, that's trash. Mm. And, my, and my daughter called me out on it this week. She said, well, dad, I didn't really want to tell you that he was my favorite rapper because I thought you were going to say he was, he was trash. Ooh. Yeah. And, and what, I said. <gasps> yeah. I was just. Mm. What, was, what, what did you say? I apologize. Mm. So you're right. Probably would have gotta learn how to apologize to your kids man like you gotta your kids gotta see you say i made a mistake or i'm wrong in that and i'm sorry your kids gotta see that so um so he's your daughter's yeah. favorite rapper yeah now he has some songs <laughs> yes i'm because now i'm like we need to have some conversations <laughs> you know what i'm saying like wait a minute why is he your favorite rapper what do you like what's going on there's a whole separate conversation about transparency that is going to be interwoven through all the music we talk about from here on out for the rest of this show. And he is yeah. lauded by his fans as being transparent, right? He's right. open. Right. And I I think that different generations or even just not even subgenerations, so different like batches of age groups feel very differently about transparency, right? Absolutely. I like this younger generation, basically teenager, like if, you know, say 18 and below, we'll just say teenagers or preteens, they want it all. They want everything. Warts and all. Yep. <laughs> Right. Right. Our generation, we only think we want transparency. Here we go. Talk about it. Talk we, about it. We're going to talk about it because we're going to talk about kids see ghosts. But more importantly, we're going to talk about the transparency that people think they wanted on Nazir. And we're going to talk about the transparency people think they got on the Beyonce and Jay-Z. Right. Oh, I'm, here you go. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> here you go. No. Well, OK. Then the transparency that they present. 
we'll say that we can talk okay, we could debate we, we could debate later how how real or real it isn't but like i think our generation wants it like kind of real they want it like right. 75% real yeah but they want think- but but they want that they want that nice they want that nice filter on it just to make sure. it all work cuz yeah, they cuz it gets too real then you get kanye the generations before us wanted no transparency they wanted at all. none they wanted, they wanted mystique and yep. we were raised on mystique but we have yep grown in the reality tv and reality celebrity era where it's like reality in quotes so that's what we want but this younger generation they they can smell that a mile away yep and they want it all and the problem is now as an artist you have to sell to this huge batch and what do you do what do you do you could be nas and you could be not transparent at all Mm -hmm. you can be jay and beyonce who are revealing more of their life but even Every fan of theirs can agree they are very good at packaging and, and polishing because that's what they do. Yep. And yep. Beyonce is yep. nothing if not controlling. That's a bad word. She takes full ownership of her image in her life. 100%. Or you Ye- can be dudes like X or other – I don't even want to call them the SoundCloud rappers because that's not the right no- – we have to find a better term for this for this generation of rappers. Partially just as well because there's like difference in, in, in like how they sound. But like the younger generation – the The Lil's. That God, that's even worse. The this younger generation, <laughs> they want it all. Yeah, it. You know what's interesting about this younger generation is that, and I've even noticed this with other people. Anybody who people laud behind and and cheer for their transparency, very few of them have offered a way out of whatever dark spaces they allow other people in. It's almost like the journey is the point. The journey is the point, but do you? I think. That may be why people like Joe Budden so much, because you're now seeing a completely other side of what many of us spent years in the mud with him when he was corny, when he was getting punched in the face on camera, when he was doing all these things that people couldn't understand. And now he's like the media darling of hip hop. You saying like, punched in the face on camera made me think of Charles Hamilton, which I haven't thought of Charles Hamilton in a long time. <laughs> he came out with some music recently, I think. Oh, yeah. I think so. Oh man, he might have been ahead uh, of his time. He was Charles Hamilton was ahead. All of those, lots of those, we talk about those blog, blog rappers, rappers. Blog rappers were one hundred percent ahead yeah, of their time. Yeah, the cool kids packed in, but Charles Hamilton yep. too. Charles Hamilton, yep, yep, yep. All those kids. I, one of the, even um, uh, like your dude, uh, Travi McCoy. My, I, my God, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just a minute. I just remember, I just recently saw some pictures of him where he's like really, really addicted to drugs. He looked really bad, but like he was right there on that edge of, I got popping on now right smoking section, but now I'm doing these pop records and I don't think the labels knew what to do with it. And now that's all they want you to do. Right. So, yeah, but, but I think, yeah, like I think people could stand to show more of the journey, right? Um. And be fearless in showing the journey. Um, I think our generation, yeah, we want it all wrapped up in a nice little bow, but the journey never looks like that. Whose journey looks sweet and nice and the path is already laid out for them. Progress, unri- is, progress is never, never mind a straight line. It's also not like, the, oh, the rise and the fall and the redemption. Like th- that, That's how movies work, yeah. right? But that's not how life works. And, and, uh, and Meek Mill's life. Oh man. <laughs> Talk about it. <laughs> Rise, fall, and redemption. That is the Meek Mill story. Um, but yeah, I, I agree, I agree with you. So I I think it's 
it's weird because honestly, in my music, like, you know, this album was probably the least transparent I've, I've ever been. Mm. And I've kind of struggled in that right now. Like, if I'm 100%, probably ever since April, I'm, I'm like, I've had serious conversations with people about not doing music anymore. Like, I'm done. Mm. Like, no more albums, no more, like, I'll do it sparingly here and there just because I feel like as a creative, you have to. But doing it at this level in this space, I'm done. And this death made me reconsider what I need to do. Wow. Because I know what I have to say is important. I know that my life is important to share. And I think as I'm getting older, I'm just finding different ways. I haven't navigated this yet, but there's more ways for me to share this life or my life. Just like hip hop, hip hop music right now in this season, my life feels restrictive. I feel like there's other ways to share what I want to say and what I'm seeing and what I'm sensing and what I'm feeling. But it's important for me to write this thing out, you know, like for my daughter's sake, for my nephew's sake, for the kids that I mentor, for their sake. Like I have to be wherever this journey ended for them. Like I got to pick that back up because that's on me. They're my responsibility. And I can't leave that to anybody else to just take up. And I have to be responsible with that responsibility. So. I think that's, that's one of the things that hit me the most. Like really seeing my daughter process death is really hitting me as a dad on different levels. Cause I am hip hop. Like I am the hip hop generation. I mean, when I, when I mean by it, like no, I know everybody, yeah. Like out of everybody who knows me, kids included, I have always been the hip hop guy. So now that hip hop is bleeding into life more than ever, they're looking at me for answers. I gotta be ready. I can't say I ain't really into this no more because then I leave it up to whoever else, whoever else picks up that mantle. And I haven't trained up the next generation to pick up that mantle responsibly. I haven't. It's your your turn to be the OG. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How old is your daughter? She'll be 13 in a couple months. How old were you when uh, Pac and Biggie died? Oh my God, I was 12. Yeah. I was 12 when Pac died. I was 13 when Biggie died. Yeah. Wow. And I wasn't even, and she asked me, she said, Dad, did you cry when any of your favorite rappers died. And I said, no, I didn't. I was just shocked. But we were, we, were, we were at home and I was making them dinner and I sat down on the couch next to my daughter and she just burst into tears and like grabbed me and held me for a good 20 minutes and just cried nonstop. Wow. I got to feel that. You know what I'm saying? Like I have to, I got to be dad and I got to be, <laughs> I got to be MC Armand at the same time or not at the same time, but like in the same sphere. So there's work to do. You're, you're going to teach her how to rap is what you're saying. My son already. <laughs> we're definitely like firing up garage band. They got uh-huh. some beats they made last year. We're definitely getting that going. The new And the new apartment is, oh, yeah, setting all that up so they can. Yep. Got them. Uh Have to show them the Sample Tron 9000. <laughs> Dude, when you, if you're coming out, like, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. That's going to. Oh. got to show my nephew that. My oldest yeah. nephew. He would lose his mom with that. So yeah, we got we got to make that happen for sure. Man, I, I think that's enough for this side. Anything else you want to say about X? Nah, I think I think that's enough, man. Rest in peace. Um, that's and I'm not just saying that because black people like saying rest in peace, but my heart genuinely goes out to his family, his friends, his supporters, his fans, because I got to see that firsthand, and that it's not pretty, not pretty at all. But I'm very I'm very hopeful and optimistic about where hip hop goes from here. I think some things have to change now. I don't think his death will be in vain. His death will produce something. We hope you enjoyed Side A of this week's episode. Please check out Side B at clockradiospeakers.com.